Hey Trojan fans, it's time to get into the huddle with the Peristyle Podcast. The Peristyle Podcast is your weekly ticket to USC football and recruiting news. Don't forget, you can download the podcast 24-7 at our website, peristylepodcast.com. And now, here's the host of the Peristyle Podcast, uscfootball.com publisher, Ryan Abraham. Hello, Trojan fans. Welcome to the Peristyle Podcast on a Monday. Today, we're going to talk with the coach, Coach Harvey Hyde, about what's going on with USC football. Of course, just a few days away from signing day, but stuff's still going on with USC and the coaching staff and recruiting and all that kind of fun stuff. So we're going to talk to Coach Harvey Hyde about that. You can follow him on Twitter, at Coach Harvey Hyde. If you have any questions for us, we do love to hear from you. You can email us, podcast at uscfootball.com. Dot com, Or you can go to our website, peristylepodcast.com, click on the left side of the page, you leave a voicemail. Or if you want to use the old-fashioned phone, give us a call to 641-715-3900, extension 816-646, and you can leave us a voicemail there. Try to keep them brief, and we'll play it on the air for you. We do have a voicemail today. We'd love for you to subscribe on iTunes. You go to iTunes.com slash Podcast. subscribe that way. Without further ado, let's bring in the coach, Harvey Hyde. What is up, coach? How are you doing? Ryan, what's happening, buddy? Here we are down to National Letter of Intent uh, Countdown, and uh, I'm excited about uh, recruiting. That's something I always love doing. I loved recruiting. I just love meeting people and going into the homes and finding out who's going to make that big decision and if you're going to get somebody or not get somebody or wait to that last minute when that person makes that decision. And I think everybody in the country or people that love football enjoy watching it, too. And you do such a good job of uh, keeping everybody abreast of it, Ryan. Well, thanks, Coach. We try. We try. It's been a busy weekend, uh, you know, big official visit weekend for USC. We have lots of updates up on uscfootball.com if you're interested in all that stuff, all the, the student-athletes that were uh, visiting campus over the weekend. Of course, one more official visit coming up this weekend, and then signing day is on February 3rd, the so about nine days away from signing day. So just days away, and it'll all be wrapped up. Wanted to thank our sponsor, Southern California Tickets. If you need tickets for anything here in Southern California or across the country, you can go to the website, sctickets.com, or give them a call, 1-800-888-7287. They've been helping us out for years, and we'll have more information at the end of the show on Southern California Tickets if you want to get that. But it's sctickets.com is the website. And, uh Coach, so a lot of the stuff that's been going on, um, Coaching, you know, coaching search stuff, all that, everything. We, uh, we had a question on that. So I wanted to kind of, I'll read this question first and kind of get your thoughts on what's going on with the coaching staff search. So just so people know, the staff has been announced and is all in place except for the defensive line coach. Um, and this is from Harold. He said, uh, coach Helton previously said he would have a defensive line coach in by Wednesday. Um, that day has already passed with little fanfare. And the fans are left to speculate who that hire might be. Connecting the dots between a recruit's uh, comments, a Twitter post, and rumors, are we supposed to believe that Kenichi Udeze is the new defensive line coach? If they were hiring him, why wait until Wednesday? He was already on the staff. Hopefully, uh, this will be the last time we'll be discussing coaching hires and the search process for a while. Kenichi was a beast of a player, and I hope he will be able to teach these young men a thing or two. Fight on. Look forward to National Signing Day from Harold. Well, you got a great point there, and that's something I've been beating the drums on uh, for a long period of time. The first thing you do is when you become a head football coach, you more or less in, 
have in mind the place of, of the coaches, your first choices, second choices at every position that you're going to do. You sort of play that game be, before you even become a head coach. You know this coach is doing well. You know this coach is re- a great recruiter. You know this coach is great at what he, what he does. You've played against him. And then you, you have your personal context of people, too, that uh, you always look to for advice. And you say, if I ever get a head coaching position, I, I'm going to ask you to be a part of my staff. Well, that doesn't seem to be a, the process here at USC currently right now with Coach West, uh, with uh, Clay Helton. And, I, you know, all along I've been sort of uh, wondering what the heck's going on. And if I was a recruit, I'd be wondering what the heck is going on. If I'm a parent, I'd be saying what the heck is going on. And I think most of you are saying what the heck is going on. You have the number one defensive lineman in the country here last weekend. You tell him you'll have a defensive line coach by Wednesday and will be visiting you. And then you don't announce anything on Wednesday, and I don't believe you visit him. And he goes to Michigan, so I'm sure he had a pretty good visit this weekend at Michigan, yet it was a, a not an official visit, but he was there, and I'm sure Jim Harbaugh did something special for him as he's done uh, for a lot of recruits, and he's on the front page of all the papers, and you know Michigan is playing football again. You lose one of the top defensive linemen in the country from Florida because you don't have a defensive line coach. Not just because of that, because of, the question, what's going on? If you're going to hire this young uh, offensive or defensive line coach, and I think he could be a great coach. He's a great player. He's played the position. Then what, what are you waiting for? What are you waiting for? Announce it. Get started. Put your staff together. Or are you trying to find someone still that might be better than him, and then everybody says, well, they couldn't find anybody, so they hired this guy. I know if I was going in the house to – recruit against USC, I'd be saying, hey, if they can't find people to coach there or under, the people are turning them down, why is that a great selection for you? I mean, it just works all against you. And, and I don't know. I'm not trying to be negative when I'm saying this, but it, it, yes, I am being negative. I'm saying, hey, get your priorities in order. Find out because your future is only as good as your players you're getting. And if you're going to close hard and Ryan, I see you always talking about on your website where they, they've closed hard, they've closed hard. Well, you better get some gas in the car because you're not going to be in that left-hand lane for very long unless you get your you know, motor started because you can talk about recruiting and you can talk about all these things, but you've got to show you know what you're doing. And you got to get your staff in place. you got to get, get your players' confidence. Uh, you know, you you lose to Yapasopo, to UCLA, and and he's recruiting those two great uh, Concord De La Salle players, the tight end and defensive line coach. Now there's a question mark on whether they'll come to USC because of the connection with Tuiapasopo. So, you know, putting things off doesn't help. You've got to be able to move along and show people you don't have to call a timeout or get a delay a game to move the program forward. So that's my feeling on that. If you're going to name him, name him. If you're not going to name him, say he's not going to be the defensive line coach. Our defensive line coach is coming from New England. We just had to let him play the game on Sunday, and then he'll be here. But it's quiet. Everything at USC is really quiet. 
And uh, to me, it's been very puzzling since USC has got the tradition of one of the greatest football programs ever. Hey, Coach, I agree. I mean, it is kind of puzzling. People ask me on Twitter all the time. It has not been announced. All we've heard is Kenichi Daisy. Every source we've talked to, he's out on the road recruiting. So the fact that every all fans know it's going to be him, I have no idea what the strategy is waiting to announce him. Um, you know, that maybe there is some sort of strategy. I think some of the fan and, you know, we get questions a lot of time and, and fans are frustrated at what's going on. And, you know, I get it. It's, it's Clay Helton's first time. There's a lot of he's learning on the job because he's never had to do this before. He's never gone through the offseason as a head coach and all that kind of stuff. So I I think you can expect some some ups and downs, some bumps in the road. But some of, you know, some of the stuff has really been kind of puzzling. I, I think the fan, you know, you got the, the, the optimistic fans are just hoping, Hey, you know, it'll, maybe it takes a little longer to get everything set. You get the class in. It's a smaller class, 20 person class. You pull it all together and then things will kind of go smoothly after that. But it, it's not exactly been a smooth ride, I guess you could say, for the first few months of the Clay Helton permanent head coaching tenure. Ryan, I, I couldn't agree with you more. I mean, it started, uh, immediately following the bowl game. He let all those coaches go. Then he brought up all these other coaches uh, who were graduate assistants and part-timers and whatever, strength coaches, and they coached, coached the bowl game. And he kept two coaches. Uh, you would think if you let everybody go, you're probably going to keep those coaches too or whatever. Uh, so they go down and they lose a bowl game, which I think they should have won. And I think bowl games are very important for your program, national TV, conference, uh, uh, conference, uh, you know, power ratings, all the things that make your conference one of the top conferences in America, and you lose. You pass the ball, you don't run the ball. You say you're going to be a power team, and you pass the ball all the time. I, I don't. Nothing seems to be what it's said to be or what it's supposed to be. Then you come back from the bowl game, and you uh, start bringing in coaches, and you let Tuiapasopo go. You bring in your brother, you bring in the line coach from Western Kentucky, you bring in a defensive backfield coach from, from Louisiana Tech, you bring back Tommy Robinson, who I know, and Tommy Robinson has been at USC, so I say that's a plus. But the other coaches are somewhat uh, strangers to Southern California as far as to the main recruiting area of uh, of USC, where you used to want to always have a fence around Southern California. Now they're spending a lot of time in Florida which is great. Great players have come out of Florida, and uh, they'll continue to come out of Florida. But you've got to have continuity. You can't just say one thing and then another thing. And then uh, Keith Sherman's going to be the running back coach. Now he's the linebacker coach. I mean, please have a plan. Have a game plan. Decide who you are. What's your identity? And I think over the past several years, USC has not had an identity and currently, right now, they still don't have one. Coach, the Juice in San Diego kind of has a point along these lines. I'll read this for you to get your thoughts. He said, um, he has a question for Coach Hyde. Uh, Coach Helton is giving a lot of unproven coaches a tremendous trial, and I don't like it. I believe it's a para- it's paramount that elite athletes at an elite institution have elite coaches with exceptional skill and reputation. As a former high school defensive back coach, I think Reputation is very important in order for athletes to buy in to what the position coaches and coordinators are teaching and demanding of them. Do you think that that USC caliber athletes can follow unproven coaches like Clay Helton, T. Martin, uh, Tyson Helton, Kenichi Daisy, 
and uh, Johnny Nansen as a linebacker coach. Love the podcast. Keep up the good work. Juice in San Diego. Yeah, Johnny Nashen. I'm glad you said that. I was calling somebody else. But, you know, I get on a rat and a rave, and sometimes I get the names fixed up a little bit. Johnny Nashen. Johnny Nashen's actually coached defense quite a bit in his career, so it's not like he wasn't just only a running back coach's career, just so people know. All right, didn't make that decision. You know, put him over there and let's move on, whatever we're going to do, whoever the best is. But I agree with this gentleman. You know, you mentioned it a moment ago. You said Clay Helton is sort of learning on the job. Well, if you haven't been a head coach before, you you learn on the job and you make mistakes uh, earlier in your career when you've been a head football coach and you say, I'm never going to do that again. If I ever have a chance to do it again, I'm going to do it this way or my way or whatever. Now, I'm not saying he's learning on the job. I think he's a, he interviews well. He, he talks well. He's a, he understands the Trojan tradition and so on. But I think you can get the best coaches in the country to coach at USC. And I'm not saying these aren't great coaches, but they're unknown coaches to Southern California, to us as people who follow USC football. Now, I follow USC football, and I'm not connected as much as I was before with coaches and names and names recognitions and so on throughout the country. But sometimes it's good. I would have rather seen Clay Helton hire hire the St. John Bosco coach. At least everyone knows who he is and players know who he is. Or the Corona Centennial coach or the Sarah coach to bring in a local type of presence. If you remember when John McKay was at USC, Jim Stanglin, Long Beach City College, Long Beach Poly, Dave Levy, Long Beach City College, Dick Corey, Modern Day High School. I mean, you can go through uh, uh, all of these type of hires where people are being awarded for sending players to USC and having great programs. And the community of high school coaches say, if we are a part of this program, we too may get that opportunity. So now you bring in a lot of guys, and I'm not saying these aren't great coaches. I'm just saying they're not recognizable names for the athletes in the area where USC uh, recruits. And uh, I hope they are great coaches. I hope they are great recruiters. But uh, when they go into a coach's office, Are they going to be recognized? Are they going to know who they are when they walk up to one of these high school coaches? Or is Stanford going to walk in there and have an advantage because they know who they are? So I think it's very important that networking is so important. And when you look at college coaching today, the parity is so close and there's so many decisions being made at the last moment or or somebody that you knew that knew this kid in Pop Warner or whatever that this kid listens to, I don't think these coaches have those contacts. Not that they can't eventually get them, but it might be too late. So that's my statement on that, and I agree with this gentleman. I would think you could get the best coaches ever, assistant coaches and sometimes head football coaches, to come to USC and be an assistant, especially for what they're paying these guys. All right, that was Juice in San Diego. Thanks for that question. Uh, Melvin has a question for you, Coach. He says, my question is for Coach Hyde. I know that you seem to like the idea of getting back to a run-first mentality, all caps. Uh, run-first mentality, 
Are you 100% sure that Clay Helton is going to stick to that mantra now that his staff consists of his brother, who I heard was a passing guru for Western Kentucky, Tommy Robinson, who was a Kiffin assistant where passing was a big part of the offense, and by the way, just about all of the assistants are related in one way or the other to Pete, Kiffin, or Sark. In other words, I thought we were going to start fresh slash new and not be living in the shadows of the recent uh, past two coaches. Thanks uh, from Melvin. Well, I think you bring up a good point here because, you know, uh, when you say things and you don't follow through with it, people start to question it. I like running the football because it teaches toughness. You don't have to run the football every down. But when you train with the idea of stopping the run and running the football, it brings toughness into your program. And I don't think the USC football teams have been tough recently. I don't think that they're the type of guys that play with a broken nose or whatever needs to happen to be tough. And I'm not saying you have to, you don't beat players up, but there's a mentality to it, a challenge to it, that nobody will stop us on fourth down. Nobody. Or whatever it takes to build that into the philosophy of your program. And, and, and you can't talk something and don't do it because kids understand what you're saying today. Kids know as much about who the players are you're playing against as you do. And when they say you're going to do something and you don't, they start to question who you are. You can't BS kids today. You can't BS parents today. There's too many ways of, of following up and knowing and these type of podcasts that people listen to and participate to, blogs and so on. So you've got to have a philosophy and identity, and you've got to be able to follow up with what you say. If you don't, they call you a BSer, or they say he doesn't know what he's doing, or what are we going to expect, or what team is going to show up this week, all of the above. And uh, as you mentioned, uh, he brought brings in his, his brother Clay Helton, or Trey, uh, Tyson. Tyson Helton, yeah. Yeah, brings him in, and then also the uh, offensive line coach from Western Kentucky, which, congratulations, they had a great year. But if you were going to bring him in, you knew you were going to bring him in. They should have brought him in right away, not talk about it and wait all this period of time and do it. Uh is it because you can't trust the people that are around you and have to have all your friends around you? Uh, I don't understand that. But I think you've got to be in charge of your program. You've got to be the head coach. You can't be afraid to surround yourself with big-name people, Norm Chows, Ed Orgeron, the guys that can recruit, the guys that everybody recognizes who they are, and be a part of your staff. So, you know... We'll see what happens, and uh, time will only tell. I'll be at spring practice like you will, Ryan, and we'll see if they're talking about doing something or they're really doing something. We'll see if they're going to practice in the morning or they're going to practice in the afternoon. We'll see what their strength program is going to be. We'll find out what their philosophy and practice is going to be. We'll find out a lot of things, whether it's what type of program USC is going to be. Are you talking about one type and being another or whatever? And over the last couple of years, that's what it's been. We had a question from Tarek, Coach. He says, uh, in Clancy Pendergast's scheme, uh, he's the new defensive coordinator for USC, uh, you need a true nose guard. Because he's talking about that 5-2 front. 
Do you believe USC has any players who can be nose guards? And if so, who? From Tark. Well, you'd like to think they would have one. I mean, uh, normally they get the top, at least star-wise, defensive linemen in, linemen in the country. Now, they that's an area right now that they're not getting many recruits to fill depth in their defensive line. They have two great ones. They lost one this weekend, and the other one, who knows what's going to happen to Gary. Gary. So, uh, but if you, you know, you think you might have one. I thought coming out of high school, Ryan, you might agree with me or not agree. I thought Jacob Daniels would be a great one. I thought that he'd get on the nose and beat the, beat the center to death. I really did. Hold your ground and just, just beat the guy to death. And I thought Kenny Bigelow could be that type of player. You know, uh, big, strong guys hold, hold your, ground, allow the linebackers to flow to the play, don't let guards or anybody get on your linebackers, penetrate, knock the center backwards, all the things you have to do. Uh, I think that uh, Noah Jefferson's a little bit too tall uh, to, to be a good nose guard, to be a good defensive end or defensive tackle, depending what you call your guys that play on the, uh, the 34 front on the outside shoulder, head up on the tack, offensive tackles. Uh, I would think those two, probably, unless I miss somebody right now, Ryan, who would be a good nose guard. Did, did I miss one? No, I would, I was mentioning, uh, uh, Noah Jefferson too. Um, I was trying to think. Jordan, um, Jordan Simmons. Um, he is, I think he was just a, a redshirt junior. So I think he'll have one more a year. Um, he's a, he's a possibility too. He's a big body, 6'4, 325 or so. Yeah, you know, I, I really think he's got to have a breakout, a breakout year. I hope he has a year like Townsend. Townsend had the same type of underclassman. I mean, he's sophomore, first freshman year and so on as, as Simmons. Just never did. And Simmons was a five-star player. Never has come to or played up to his ability, has had knee problems and knees problems and whatever. You know, it's time, baby. We've been paying you uh, for three years. Four years, it's time for you to pay for your food. It's time for you to line up and knock somebody on their you-know-what. So uh, I think he should really train hard, and I would have a coach assigned to him. You think I'm kidding. My defensive line coach would be on his butt and all of those guys' butt to make sure that they are doing what they're supposed to do and what they expect from you got to have a meeting with those guys, and I'm sure they do. And you got to let them know what I expect from you this next year. Otherwise, you aren't going to be around. And you might as well not even come back out or leave or transfer like a lot of these guys do because we got to be tough. we got to be able to play hard and be able to dominate the line of scrimmage. And, and that's not easy to do today. So you've got to train to do that type of thing. You've got to have the mentality to believe that you want to pull the face mask off of the player in front of you if that was legal. you got to do whatever it takes to win because winning is something that doesn't come easily. So, you know, you've got to be able to have those type of coaches that can breathe this type of player. And uh, whoever that's going to be on the defensive line, coaching those kids, kids uh, I think that every day you don't name one, you're there another day behind Alabama, or maybe a week behind Alabama, but you're certainly behind Alabama right now. 
All right, Coach, we got one last question for you. I know we're going to, we'll keep it a little shorter today on the Peristyle Podcast. It's a voicemail question. Here you go. Yeah, this is Richard from Toluca Lake. It's for Coach Harvey. Uh, Coach, I know you had problems with the players at UNLV, and my question is regarding Bryce Dixon. Um, I saw him play in high school. Great, great player. And then when he came to SC last year, had a very good year, and I thought, boy, after three years or so, he could be one of the best players USC ever had and go on and have a successful career in the pros, and then everything went wrong. I would be interested in, in your comments on why something like this might happen or what went wrong with him with such a bright future. Enjoy the show very much. Thanks a lot. Bye. I think Bryce Dixon is a great player. I don't know if he'll ever have the opportunity of playing again, but you hate to see young people lose something that God gave them abilities to give them a chance to get ahead and set a pattern for their entire life, and then all of a sudden these things happen. I think a lot of it had to do that uh, he didn't have the touch that he needed. He was going to school at USC, but he wasn't allowed to be a part of the football program and had too much time. No one was on top of him. Nobody really, I believe, knew what he was doing. For some reason, he said because of certain reasons, he can't play football anymore. But he wanted to go to school at USC, assuming that he wanted to come back on the team and thought he'd get this chance. Well, during this period of time, kids wander. You know, kids get in and meet people they shouldn't be meeting, and they don't have a mentor around them to guide them. And kids are kids. They make stupid, stupid mistakes. I was one that always believed in giving a kid a second chance because I knew if I didn't give him that second chance, I knew what his alternatives were. For some reason, this kid was not allowed to practice or be around the football program at all. And he probably drifted away and, and drifted back to some area of uh, trouble. And it certainly showed up. I feel bad for that kid. I feel bad because I think he was sort of tossed away. A great, talented player. I'd have rather seen him being told at the front of it. Maybe he was. Transfer. Bryce, transfer, you're a great player. You made a mistake. You did something wrong. Transfer, you're never going to play here. Be honest up front. Get to a school immediately. Redshirt, he could have been playing this next year. I don't know if that ever happened or whatever. But you've got to take care of the people that are part of your family. Whether that's good or bad, sometimes they need to be spanked. Sometimes they need to be thrown off the football team. We've done that before. But you've got to be able to still care about that person. you got to care about that person. If a kid goes to prison, and I've had kids go to prison that played for me, I still kept in touch with those kids. I wanted to make sure they were, you know, don't make the mistake again. And all those different things. To just turn your back on them, I think that's ridiculous. And I'm not saying USC just completely turn your back on this kid. But be honest with him, up front with him, help him transfer out. You know, maybe you won't want to send him to a school that's playing against you, but there are many, many colleges that you explain the situation. And this kid, even if he goes back to junior college, graduates so he can transfer somewhere else. you got to take care of these kids. And yeah, you mentioned I had some kids that got in trouble at UNLV with me. You're exactly right. I did have some. But none of them didn't come back on the football team. None of them 
they paid their price. They went through what they had. They had their day in court or whatever they had to have. And I've always said you're innocent until proven guilty. So those kids came back on the football team. Maybe I was gone, but they were back playing. And a lot of those kids will never forget the support you give them when they need support. And I think that's the key here. Always take care of your family. Good or bad, you don't quit loving them. You know, Coach, so it's a real, if people don't know, it's a real weird kind of situation where Bryce Dixon, there was an off-the-field or two off-the-field incidents in where he had to go through student conduct. Um, it was with another female, it was with a female student. Um, they, they end up expelling him, kicking him off the football team. Uh, but there's, there's some legal precedent there where uh, the colleges have done this in the past, but there wasn't really a due process for the, the player. So you could take it, uh, outside of the university, you go through a legal channel. Bryce Dixon did that and was able to get the expulsion, um, I guess postponed. And put back on the team until they can kind of go through a whole legal process outside of the university. Um, so it's kind of protecting the student, you know, athletes rights or whatever, something like that, whatever. I mean, I don't want to get into a lot of details of it, but he was let back on the team or let back into school. He was currently a student or he was a student at USC. Um, but USC decided not to let him come back to the football team. So even though the court said you have to take him back, you can't have him expelled. Um, USC made the decision not to have him back on the football team. And uh, so he was still going to school. Now this incident comes up with a former player from LSU that Bryce knew from the Army All-American game. Uh, they both get in trouble. There was, a, you know, uh, allegations of carjacking and robbery and stuff like that. So, uh, I mean, it doesn't, it doesn't sound good. Um, I think there was, you know, a lot of USC fans that were kind of in his corner after uh, the first thing that got him kicked out of school seemed to be less and less after this one, too. Um, obviously going out and, and committing robberies or allegedly uh, carjacking someone and committing robberies and stuff. So he's still only 19 years old. Um, you know, you, you wish him the best, but people keep asking me, is there any chance he's coming back? Like, no, there wasn't any chance before. Certainly after this, this incident or these latest incidents, there's no chance um, any longer. So, you know, because he's only 19, you just hope that they go through, you know, he does what he has to do and, and get his life straight because it's, he's still got a whole life ahead of him. You don't want to see him kind of going down the wrong path. Like it looks like appears that he's been going down, uh, these last, you know, this last year or so. Right. And I agree with you a hundred percent, but there's still that part of taking care of your kids and being and caring what they're doing still, not divorcing them. What is he up to? What is he doing? Is he going to class? Is he getting his grades? Uh, should he transfer? If he's not coming back in our program, let's help him get somewhere else. Uh, I'll use another example, uh, the Josh Shaw situation. I mean, here's a guy that was captain of the team. Here's a guy, and I talked to him. I was there the night of Salute to Troy. He was there on campus, and he was one of the last to leave the party, okay? So that night, supposedly, he goes to wherever it is, Antelope Valley, whatever, jumps off a patio, this is a story, jumps in the pool and saves his niece or whoever it was from drowning. All right, it's hard to figure how he got there that fast when he's at the salute to Troy. That's the first thing. So he comes in with a bad leg or broken leg or whatever he had, sprained leg the next day, and he's, he's scared to death. Wouldn't you be scared to death if you're a USC football player and you're a captain and they see you... Uh, uh, at the salute to Troy and everything's cool. The next day they see you, you're hurt. 
you're scared to death. You're a young kid. What are you going to tell your coach? You're going to tell him that you jumped off the patio or wherever he jumped off the patio to his girlfriend's house. This is all the things I hear. I don't know. No, you're going to start to make a story like, oh, man, you have, and you panic. You don't know what to say. And he probably calls his parents and we'll back you up. We'll tell you that's what happened, blah, blah, blah. Well, he takes it into the school, and the school says, this is a hero. This is something great, and they release that. Okay, now they release that. Now, without doing their homework, they release that, and that goes nationwide. He's a hero. He's on all these talk shows, and the, everybody in New York's talking about what a hero is. You talk about doing your homework, right? So they find out this is what wasn't right. They find out they call it a lie. He lied to us. Okay, you might say he lied to you or he told you a story, but look at a kid that's scared to death, scared to death of what he did and what happened. Panicked. Do you ruin his life? Do you take away his eligibility? You never say when he's going to play again or if he's ever going to play again or whatever the deal is. You take him out and shoot him because of what he did. He panicked. He panicked. I don't know if there's any other legal things that happened, but I don't believe any charges were charged to him or any of that. And I said a moment ago, you're, you're innocent until proven guilty. Yes, you can suspend him. Yes, you can say when you're back ready to play, which would was a long period of time until you're well and ready to go. But do you cut his head off? Do you make him feel like he's an outsider? Do you all of a sudden a kid that never had a problem before the spoke at your commencement, the uh, uh, past summer or graduation, you all of a sudden that he's a bad kid? Not a bad kid. He made a mistake. Hell, why do you cut his head off and give him the death sentence? You don't do that. And you got to call, you got to keep, uh, be more sensitive to these kids. And they love you for that. And the other teammate member, you don't think the team knew what was going on, you don't think that they felt for that kid because they're kids too? But then all of a sudden he comes back and he plays at the end of the year, and, you know, he's not in shape. And so all of a sudden they say they decide to, 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 you know, have him back. I mean, all of a sudden players just disappear. What happened to Fitzpatrick? Do you know what happened to him? Can you tell me where's Fitzpatrick now? Yeah, we don't know. But people no, people keep asking me about that too. I'm like, yeah, that ship sailed also. Yeah, I know, but he's just gone. Just gone. You can't let that just happen. People need to know that he's if he's academic in problems, he's here in school, we're gonna get him back or whatever, he's in junior college. It seems as though they just expect him to become a ghost now. I mean, be upfront with people. And make sure you don't have double standards. When Sarkeesian got in trouble at the Salute Detroit, the team gave him up and downs. That's like recess. That's, that's an elementary school penalty, Pop Warner. I mean, let's get things in perspective on kids and adults. Because kids are in college to learn, and kids make mistakes. Adults do, do make mistakes. But please, let's be a little realistic, because it's sort of... You know, I've given kids second chances, and I'm proud of it. Okay. 
All right, Coach. Well, great stuff. We appreciate the uh, the insight. Lots of talk going on. And, of course, signing day just nine days away. So we'll be back uh, next week. Probably talk a little bit more recruiting next week on the show. It'll be a couple days before signing day. So looking forward to that. And thanks again for coming on. Hey, buddy, thank you. And for all of you out there, I'm sorry he's got so riled up. But, you know, we got to get ready to play. And uh, sometimes uh, behind the scenes things are just as important as things in front of the scenes. And I love talking to you about it. Thanks for calling and thanks for giving us all our uh, topics. Yeah, good, great. A lot of great questions today. Uh, thanks to you, Coach. Follow him on Twitter at Coach Harvey Hyde. And we'll have a quick message from our sponsor at Southern California Tickets. Tickets, tickets, tickets. SC Tickets is your concert, sports, and theater ticket source. We have the tickets you need to any event worldwide. Football tickets are now available. Call SC Tickets now at 1-800-888-7287. 1-800-888-7287. That's 1-800-888-7287. Or visit us on the web at sctickets.com. SC Tickets, concert, sports, and theater. You've been listening to the Peristyle Podcast, presented by uscfootball.com. Be sure to tune in next week for the latest news on Trojan football and recruiting. Don't forget, you can automatically download the podcast directly to your smartphone or tablet for free. Just click the iTunes link on peristylepodcast.com or search for Peristyle Podcast at the iTunes Music Store.